0: So, yes, we have Josette Ellis with us today. Um, This is the first time, actually, I've met her face-to-face. We've had uh, emails back and forth about uh, this day and trying to get her to get over to Happy Valley. She was scheduled to be at Multnomah. Uh, Well, not scheduled, excuse me. She was considered Multnomah. We already had a missionary involved with that already. Don Hohensee got me connected with her, and I said, Well, Josette, why don't you come on out to Happy Valley? (laughs) It's nearby. Uh, she's from Salem. I'm not going to steal all that you're going to say. I'm just going to little highlights. She's from Salem, and she graduated from Corbin University uh, uh, two years ago. Is that right? Two years ago, and uh, elementary education major, and she's looking to see how God's going to use her in this field in Spain, and uh, and we'll see how we can be a blessing to her today as well. So, Josette, why don't you come on and share?
1: morning. I will try not to talk too long or too fast. I am a teacher. I work with second and third grade. So we do a lot really quickly. So we're going to slow it down a little bit and I'll try to stick to my notes. So good morning. Buenos dias. Bon dia. Sabah those all mean good morning. And that's just a glimpse to all the cultures that I get to work with in Spain. I work not only in Spain, in the country that speaks Castellano, which is what we would just say Spanish. But the area I work in is Catalunya, and they speak Catalan, which is Bon Dia, Good morning. Or I work with Moroccan immigrants that speak Arabic. And so Saba Jair in Arabic, good morning. So let me just tell you a little bit about me. Um, Before we get started, because I'm new. So, (laughs) if you didn't know already. So, my name is Josette, and I graduated from Corbin with an elementary education degree. And let me just tell you, I like kids. I like kids most than big grown-ups, second and third grade, first graders. Those are my jam. You'll mostly find me in rooms surrounded by kids. Um, I grew up in Salem, Oregon. Um, I attended Capitol Park Wesleyan Church, and I was the children's director there for a a long time. And then I switched over to Salem Vineyard and was their children's ministry pastor just until this last month in preparation to leave. Um, So if it has the word kids in it, I'm there. Um, Let me just go on to the next one. So what I, this is my family. Aren't we cute? This was Easter. A Well, not last year because we couldn't be there, but a couple years ago. Um, it's my mom, my dad, and my whole family. The reason why I'm a missionary today and that I'm going is because my family told me, you can go, you can do whatever. And at a young age, we were missionaries in Spain. Um, when I was in elementary school, my family were short-term missionaries to a camp in Madrid, Spain. And so it started not only my love of Spanish culture and people, but my love of the language and changing that. My mom tells me that her worst lesson she ever taught me and the best lesson she ever taught me was that you can go and be whoever you want to be. She says, cause you listened and you did it. She said if That was the one thing you listened to. Why didn't you listen to clean your room? That one quite hasn't stuck yet, but she taught us growing up, we could go, we could go to any country. We are going to be who God taught us to be. And we all have decided to follow in that, coming from that. My family's a huge part. Um, I have five younger siblings. I am the oldest. Now, I know I'm short. So you see in the picture, I'm in the middle. I'm not the tallest, but I am the oldest. Um, but they are there supporting me and right behind me, which has been a huge part of why I can go and why I'm excited to go and leave. And they've been there through this preparation of the last two years. They've stood by me when I've been in tears, being like, it's never going to happen. I'm not going. They've stood by me when I'm like, yes, I'm going. I'm leaving. They've stood by me in the middle. They've stood by me when I'm like stressed out about my visa paperwork saying, I have no idea what I'm doing. And my mom's been there sitting there pouring through the documents, reading them with me to walk alongside me. So that's my family. That's who I am um let me tell you a little bit about what I do so I said before I am a teacher so if you want to switch there we go um this is me in my element um one was I was fancy Nancy for Halloween at school because if you don't know first and second graders we love sparkles and glitter and as many colors as you can put on um the last the second picture with the tie-dye shirt was from this year when I got to end the year in person with my kiddos Um, We did field day, and I want you to tell you, they don't want me to go. Um, (laughs) They told me, no te vayas, don't leave us. But they know, and we are working together with them to work in moving forward, because I love kids, and I love them. So that's a little bit about my passion of teaching. But I also teach in very different ways. I also teach in the pool. Um, This summer, I love swimming. I don't know if any of y'all are big fans of swimming, but I am. I love to spend my days poolside, in the pool, surrounded by tons of kids, as you can see. Um, These guys are my kids I have right now in swim lessons, um, and I have just enjoyed being their teacher and being crazy and watching them grow. So those are the things I love to do. If you notice, they all involve kids. So let's talk about where I'm going. So, this is our world. I'm going, I am called to go. I'm called to go to Spain. So, we are called to a certain area of Spain, which is called Catalunya, which is up next to France. So, we look up here on the corner. Madrid's right in the middle, and if we go over to the corner, we are in Catalunya, which is right up there in the northeastern corner of Spain, and that is where I will be living for the next two years. Just let me tell you, it's beautiful, so you got to come visit, because... I know it's a long flight, but there are some beautiful beaches and some beautiful people, and it's a wonderful area. (laughs) Um, But what I love most is just walking down the streets and doing life with people. I have been to Spain twice before. This will be my third time going back. Um, In the past, I went on summers when I was out of college. So every year, Corbin would get out of school in May. That was awesome, you know, to be done with school in May, And I would be like, see ya, and I'd go to Spain for the last couple months of the school year and help out, finish out their programs, and then I'd come back. So I was able there to walk the streets, to see the culture, to see the people. But I'm going to tell you, God didn't call me to the Spanish people. He didn't call me to the people who are native there. He didn't call me to the people who feel comfortable there, who are settled. He called me to the people who are different, who don't have a home, who are outsiders or seen as foreigners. He called me to the Moroccan immigrants there. And these people are beautiful, but they are not accepted. They are foreigners. They're seen as outsiders. But he's called me to love them, to bring them in, to be part of his loving family. So as you can see, these are some of the pictures of our centers and what we do. Um, In a census done in 2018, there was 746,000 Moroccan immigrants living in Spain. 740,000 people who are displaced and needing love. 740,000 people that God has called me to love. Now, our centers just do a small portion of the work, but we are the only centers in Spain doing this. So we have two centers, one inside the main city and one just outside in a rural community. Um, We offer women's classes. We offer men's classes. We offer kids English, kids after school. We do drama club with the kids. We do bike club. We do football club, but it is not American football. We are playing soccer. Um, We do anything these kids need, homework help. A lot of these parents don't speak enough Spanish to be able to help their kids with their homework. And the kids go to school all in Spanish. So we sit there and we do math problems. We do life next to these kids and these families. And because of that, we are able to build relationships that are not only just about what the work that we do, but that extend outside of that. And then we are able to share what God has to say to them, that he loves them, that they are valued, and that they are important. Um, I just want to share with you a quick little bit. These are my kids. They're pretty cute, I think. I love them lots. They're a lot bigger now, but this was the last time that I was there. Um, I want to share with you about one little boy in particular. His name is Moha. So, Moha is let's see, I've to find him. He's hiding in some of these pictures. He's right here in this kind of darker one in the front with the glasses. That's Moha. Moha's full name is Mohammed, but it's a very popular name Mohammed with the kids that we work with. So we always have more than one. So he just goes by Moha because we've known him for so long. Moha is now 11. He started coming to our centers when he was two years old. Moha's family are not Christians. He doesn't know that God loves him. But you know what? This kid comes to our centers. We we get there early to set up, and we hear. And it's Moha at the door. He, he's like, I saw you walk in. I came downstairs. We're like, okay, what's up? And he's like, can I come in? We're like, sure. Like, we're all still getting ready. No one's feeling ready to have kids in the door yet. Because if you've taught a kid's class, you know, there's a lot of prep beforehand of laying everything out, setting up tables, setting up chairs, pumping up the soccer balls for football club, pumping up bike tires. So Moha started coming as soon as we walked in the door every day. But Moha doesn't doesn't just come. He comes and he sets up our tables. He sets up our chairs. He pumps up soccer balls, puts them in bags. He makes sure the bikes are ready to go. He cleans. He comes in and spends time in our center. Moha's been coming and being a part of our community in our center for over nine years. His siblings have gone through our programs and gotten older, but Moha comes consistently. We knew, even if no other kids showed up, we knew we had to be there because Moha was coming. whether you were ready or not, if we ran late, he was already at the door being like, class starts at 10. It's 10, fifteen. and we're like, the train stopped. And he's like, the he's like, it's 10, fifteen and we're like, we're here. But Moha can tell you that Jesus loves him. Doesn't know exactly what everything means. He hasn't accepted Christ into his heart because, in the culture that he lives in, that's really hard. But he can tell you the steps of forgiveness. He can tell you that God is a father who loves him and is good. He can tell you Bible stories on Bible stories. This is an 11 year old kid. He's gonna change the world, he's the one that's gonna change his community. But all we did was just love him, and start, he started showing up. And now he makes it possible for us to be better at our jobs because he comes in and does all that work that otherwise we'd be scrambling to throw chairs together. Moha does that for us. So when I'm there, the kids' classes that Moha comes to, which one is called Kids Club, and we tell Bible truths—we call them—we teach truths from the Bible. We teach them that God loves them. We teach them the steps of repentance. We teach them the days of creation. And we just love on these kids. It requires a lot of laughter, a lot of just being crazy and being on the floor and being okay when things don't go right. Because <laughs> more often than not, that's what happens. Um, but if we want to go on to the next one. these We are building a bridge between cultures and communities. We're not only building a bridge between ourselves as Christians and those who do not believe. We're building a bridge for these kids that are immigrants to feel loved and accepted in the community that they're living in. Because they know when they walk in our doors, they don't have to worry. That they are loved and accepted no matter what happens. In our doors they are safe. We are building these bridges across cultures, across communities, across income levels. Because that's what God does. God has a heart for the immigrant. We know that. He says in his word, love the foreigner, ask yourself. He has a heart for those who are displaced. And he's striving after them and he loves them. But you might be thinking, this sounds great, sounds wonderful, but why you? Why do you need to go? Before I explain that, I'm going to let some of my kids explain it for me because Let's just say, they do a whole lot better job than I do at telling you why me. So, should be the video. Alright, eh, mira. Espero que estéis muy bien. Que nos veamos pronto. Que podáis volver a Barcelona para volvernos a reunir como antes. mes, bueno, un día al mes, eh, vamos a, a juntarnos, podemos a juntarnos todos, eh, y bueno, para, para ir a la iglesia claramente, y pues si, eh, especialmente viene Josie o Andrea, o las dos, eh, pues vamos a juntarnos cada domingo del mes eh, a la iglesia, o sea, a todos y pues eso. I'll just agree that they're really cute. Um, if we want to go to the next one, I'm a little. There we go. Um, we're a li- those kids are the reason why. But God called me through really hard times to go to them. The last time that I was in Spain, I got a call one morning from my mom. She said, don't freak out, which is never a good start to a conversation. When someone says don't freak out, it's always bad. She said, don't freak out. Your brother's in the ICU, and he's getting transported to Portland from Salem Hospital. Um, My brother was in a skateboarding accident. He was just skateboarding like normal down the street, hit a stick and fell, and ended up rupturing his kidney. Um, He was in the hospital and ICU not remembering to breathe. And in that moment, I said, God, I'm going home. That's my baby brother. I can't be here anymore. I can't stay you know i was ready to drop it all i was gonna look at plane tickets and find my way back home because my baby brother was hurt and i wanted to be there but my mom said like if you come all you're gonna do is worry i said mom but like what happens what if what if you just stay for the next couple days and we'll figure it out we'll pray and see well the next day i went to go work in the center because. Sometimes work is a good distraction when life is hard. I walked in and I remembered, oh, yeah, I'm doing childcare for a woman's Spanish class. So these women come in, take Spanish classes. I was in charge of childcare. Usually there was two of us and like three kids came. Like one baby, two toddlers, it was easy. And I was like, great, it's gonna be an easy day. I'm the only one today, but like, who doesn't wanna rock and hold a baby? You just gotta sit there and rock. I was like, I can do that. I can handle that today. Well, little did we know, God had different plans. It was a holiday from school that day. So the moms brought all their school-aged children along with all their toddlers and more moms than we've ever had show up for a Spanish class showed up. My three kids that I thought were gonna be so easy turned into 15 kids running around my room. I said, God, I don't got this today. I have nothing planned. I can't do this. So I sat on the floor. I held a baby. And we just did life. The girls came, and you can see they were braiding my hair. They told me, now I am beautiful. This is the hairstyle, apparently, that I must achieve to have beauty. But I I think I have to go back to get them to do it, because I can't quite make it look the same as they did. You know, those knots didn't ever quite come out right. But we sat there, and we did life. And in that moment, God told me, this is why. These kids need someone to sit there and let them be crazy. Let them be loved and let them be a part of a community. These kids, they don't get the opportunity very often just to be wild and crazy and just laugh and have a good time and be safe. But they were. And in that day, I knew I was going to stay. So I finished out my time, and my brother is okay. I should probably preface that story with that, but he's fine. He's good now. He's at Corvind. <laughs> um, God took care of that situation, but God called me in a hard situation, and he used it for his glory. He used it so that those kids had someone to sit there and say, God loves you, and I love you, and we're going to do life together, even though <laughs> I'm not here emotionally today. I walked out of that day smiling. My team said, what happened? Did you get news about your brother? I said, no, but God said it's going to be okay. They're like, are you leaving? Nope. I'm staying because this is where God wants me. So God called me then when I was there on a two-month trip to come back for two years. So he uses all things for his glory. Um, Even when we're having really hard days. So... I wanna talk to you though about another hard situation that God turned around. I was stuck here. I was supposed to go to Spain two years ago. I've been in this period of waiting for a very long time. Now, we don't hear this very often, but COVID brought a blessing to me. It brought a blessing because every week, yesterday, every Saturday, I meet online with my kids in church. Every Saturday, these kids from Spain connect to Zoom to hang out, to learn about God and to find God's relationship with them. We have about 10 kids that come on a regular Saturday, sometimes 15, but they come and we do Bible stories and we do Bible studies with them. We laugh a lot, but God took a situation like COVID where I was like, can't do anything, can't go, can't travel. All my can'ts. He took them and turned them around into I can. I can form relationships with my kids. The relationships I have with these kids are so strong. Those are the kids you see in the video. Before COVID, I didn't have a relationship with them where they would be asking you to help me come. Now they ask for updates on how soon I'm coming every week. How many more Saturdays until you'll be here? How many more times do we have to meet before I can see you in person? Wait, if you're coming in August, I'm going to be on vacation, and I won't see you when you get here. It'll be okay. I'll see you when you get back. Wait, when you come, can we meet in person every week? Yeah. I get to tell these kids yes after a long time telling them, eventually, soon, hopefully. I'm telling them, yes, August, we will be together. We will meet every week. Because God is good and he's taking care of it. That situation, to be able to teach every week and pour into these kids would never have happened without COVID. So it was a blessing that came and my relationships with them are stronger because of it. I want to talk to you guys today a little bit about hope. We've been in a season where hope has been really hard. A season where things get canceled. We've been told to wait, not be together. And hope can seem really hopeless. The situations can be. But there is hope. So I want to share a little bit about what the Bible has to say about hope. So we read in Psalms 42, 11, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. My Savior, my God. Isaiah 40, 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That's what hope in God feels like, to be able to run and not be weary. We look over here at Ephesians 4, verse 4 for there is one body one spirit just as you've been called to one glorious hope in the future Hebrews 11, 1. Faith is the confidence in that we hope that what we hope for will be actually happen it gives us assurance about things we cannot see There's been a lot we cannot see in the last year last year and a half but there's a hope and God is good We know we can put our hope in God, that our hope doesn't just come from us. If it did, oh, I wouldn't be doing so hot. But we know that hope has come. God gives us hope. So I want to talk about where do you find your hope? We have to find our hope in God. If we don't, life looks really sad. We've all gone through periods in life that seem hopeless, maybe There was hope in periods of COVID and times that felt hopeless. But when we put our hope in God, our hope is never ending. We know that we have a God that is good and we put our faith in him. He has it all in control. Um, I want to share a little bit about how God has given me hope in the last year, in the last year and a half, two years, as I've been waiting to go. God has given me hope that in the last month, he has made a lot of things come together. Things that I'd kind of been like, I don't know what to do. I've been working on my visa now for about half a year. The visa process in Spain is a very complicated one. They want forms filled out and like duplicate and translated and all the things. But in the last like week and a half, he's brought together almost every piece of my visa. He's provided funding that I didn't see coming When I've been like, I can't go, I don't have the money. God's been like, here you go. You didn't know you needed that. You didn't know it was coming, but I'm going to take care of you. He gave me a departure date in August when things felt really hopeless. When I felt like I'm never going to go. In January, he he gave me a departure date in August. He's given me people that are supporting me and praying for me. People that still text me and say, I'm praying for you today. You're on my list. He's given me that hope. But hope hasn't just come in the good things. It didn't just come when he's been providing. Because God's at work in the good and the bad. He gave me hope when things have gotten canceled. He's given me hope when I felt discouraged. God has given me hope. And I hope today that you feel his hope. For whatever stage you're at in your life, whether you're feeling at the stage of, I'm really hopeless, I don't know where to go forward. That God gives you his hope. Or if you're coming off that end of God just completed things and it feels great. That you feel God's hope in the next journey. Because God is good. And he has. And hope is always with him. Because God is at work. So I want to ask you to help me give hope to these kids. Look at their cute faces. It just makes me smile. Because these kids, I want to give them hope. Hope that They have a future, that they are not outsiders. Hope that they can be whoever they want to be, whoever God has destined them to be. Hope that they are loved and valued. Hope that God is real and that their family situations and whatever, there's hope in all of that, that their stories have hope. So I ask you today to help me give hope. Maybe that's by going. Maybe that's by coming to see me. Maybe that's by giving. Maybe you can give hope to pray by praying. Maybe you can give hope by sharing, sharing what God is doing. There's lots of ways to give hope. I'm going to end with a cute a couple pictures that I just love. This is Marina. Marina is a Christian, but Marina lives in a world that is not overtly Christian. Marina's one of my kids that comes to my Bible study every Saturday. While it breaks my heart to know she's going through hard things, it gives me hope that she reached out to me a couple weeks ago to share, I don't feel like I have value. That's the word she said. I don't know what to do. But this girl, I have hope for her because God is there. We talked a little bit and we messaged and we video chatted. And she said, you know what? I haven't been reading my Bible other than our class. I think I might start. That sounds like a good idea. But it gives me hope about what God's doing because he gave me the opportunity to speak life into her. He's giving me opportunities to speak life into this girl that feels like she's at a low. 13 years is hard. (laughs) And she lives in a world that's hard. But God has given her hope now. I want to share about, this is Patricia. She's one of our older kids in our group as well. God gives me hope in the fact that she is the first one to mom anybody. Even if it's me sometimes. Have you eaten? Yes, Patricia. But God has given me hope for her. God has given me hope for the kids in Spain. I want to share a few more of their pictures. This is Angela. God has given me hope. That maybe one day Angela will stop yelling at me for saying I'm old. Every day when I say, estoy vieja, I'm old. Angela goes, you're not old. Stop saying that. Um, but God has given me hope that her fiery spirit is going to go out and share to many people. She's got a heart of gold. And she loves God with all of it. God has given me hope in those areas. God's given me hope for Carlos and his video game loving self, so that when we sit and we play Among Us, which is a video game, that we have hope in the fact that we are just having life together. This kid loves God. He'll tell me, I'm praying that God brings you sooner than August. So I don't think that's how it works, but you go for it. Um, he talks to God a lot like that. He'll tell me, I told God that I need you here before my birthday. His birthday is in in October, I said, oh, we'll make that. Um, God has given me hope for Jonathan. Jonathan started our class like this little kid who just would rather play. He'd bring toys and he was that kid that's shoving things in the Zoom camera. You've probably seen videos of teacher trying to teach and the kids like holding up cats and holding up toys and be like, look at this, I have a Nerf gun. I'm gonna shoot the camera. That was Jonathan when we started. And now Jonathan is the one who's like, can I read the passage today? We're like, yeah. And he reads it. He's like, well, God is saying here that God was teaching the disciples this. God has given this little boy so much wisdom. He's given him a voice that he is speaking out and sharing. He told me the other day, he goes, you know what? I'm kind of mad at you. I was like, what? What did I do? Like, I showed up. He goes, you asked us to pray about something, and you didn't tell us what it God did. And I was, Oh. My bad. So that we had to share. But he's one of those kids that holds everyone accountable. If you have a prayer request, Jonathan's going to check in with you midweek. Just so you know, he's nine. He checks in with me midweek and be like, you asked me to pray about this. How's it going? It's going good, Jonathan. Um, God has given me hope for all of these kids. This is Monica. Monica's one of our regular girls that comes. She started out where she wouldn't turn her camera on and Zoom. Hidden behind a blank name. Now she's one that's out there laughing and giggling, her camera's on, and she's excited. God has given me hope so I can share his hope with all of these kids and give his hope to them. I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, I just want to thank you for this time together. I thank you that you give us hope. You give us hope. You give us esperanza in all the hard things, in the good, and the hard, you are there, your hope is there. And I pray for each of these kids that you will give them hope as they walk through each of their day. That every person here will feel your hope and your love as they go from here today. I thank you for who you are and what you are doing and what you will do. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. I have 20 bazillion more stories about kids than I could talk all day. So if you want to hear more stories or you just want to talk, come and find me. I'll be at the back. I have... Cute little stuff to hand out. So come find me and I'd love to share. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Josette, for sharing and uh, letting us know about the ministry. As the worship team comes up and gets ready here, I just want to encourage you, uh, if God has impressed on your heart, to uh, support her in prayer, support her financially Again, the love offering would be great, but also too maybe also talk to her about her funds, where she's at, uh, and where is it? Are you fully funded or getting there? Or it's a long it's a story. Okay, well maybe you can you can ask her about that back there. Then be able to find out a little bit more about it and uh, and see how you might be part of that, uh, be able part of the solution and uh, funding her. But uh, we've heard her story. We've heard uh, the ki- about the children who are waiting for her to come back. And you can really tell that her heart is back there with those kids. And uh, it's it's always, it's always good to connect the, 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 the servant, the worker, with those uh, they're trying to serve. And um, for Josette, those kids calling for her, and uh, she wants to get back there. So in August, you leave, what part of August? Middle, end of August. So we could be praying for her and her travels back there as well, and adjustments and and all. But again, uh, if you uh, have felt impressed by God to somehow connect with her in that way and, and do that, I encourage you to talk with her and find out more about how you can be part of the ministry there in Spain. Again, thank you, Joseph, for sharing. We're going to sing a few songs here, uh, wrap up our time, and then uh, um, I'll uh, have a uh, a prayer afterwards.